welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Hey everyone, bonjour, bonjour, um, guten tag, all those other uh, languages I don't know. How's everyone doing? Everyone having a good day? It's uh, it's so exciting, I love the buzz in the house just now, um, worship was amazing, it was just I just kept looking around and just seeing people just getting so excited, and that just makes me so excited. So it's really cool to be in a place that's just so um, so excited about knowing God more and, and getting more involved with what he's doing. Kevin, you were awesome this morning. Yeah. You were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe just does that for extra pocket money, I think. Yeah. He's, just, he's, just like, he's just right there just waiting for it. But we're, we're carrying on with our pressing in series. Oh, it's not there. Oh, sorry. I didn't draw attention to it. Nobody noticed. We're, we're carrying on with our pressing in series in uh, Philippians, which is uh, chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. I, we, if you've been in the church for the past few weeks, you'll have heard this. I love it. I love this verse, or at least a couple of verses, because I think they're so powerful. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing in life, there's something you can get out of this, and I really hope that I get that across tonight. So let's, let's just read it together. Philippians 3 verse 12. I'm going to just apply one because I've got so much good stuff that I just want to share with you guys tonight. And it says in verse 12, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's an amazing, amazing passage, and it just, yeah, it just gets me buzzing just to read it. I want to give a little bit of context first before we dive in. If this is your, if you're, if you're new to this, or this is maybe your first time with this series, uh, Philippians is a letter written to the church in Philippi, which was a city in Macedonia. It was the first city in Europe to receive the, the good news about Jesus. Don't know if you knew that. Um, Paul, wa- Paul traveled through on his way out west. I guess he was traveling west. And he wasn't expecting to go there, but he got a vision. And God said, you need to go to Macedonia. And Philippi was one of the main cities in Macedonia. So he went there first. And he started meeting people. And he started meeting people. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the church gets birthed. And he moves on. And so he's writing back to them. And that's what he's writing to them in, in, this, in this letter to encourage them, to instruct them, to empower them, to keep them going. Because he has a real, he's got a real love for them. Uh, and it's amazing. There's amazing imagery in this that I really want to speak a little bit about tonight. There's this amazing, there's this really cool uh, imagery that Paul uses to do with running a race and he uses this it's almost Olympic kind of imagery which would have been very familiar to to these guys in Philippi because Macedonia is what we now know what we now know as Greece which was then Macedonia so the Olympics birthed out of there they knew what the they knew how to run a race they knew what that was all about so he uses this these uh, these words and it, to really hit home with the church in Philippi and it's really cool um, what I really like about Paul is he's not a guy who does anything by half measures. He really commits. When, when he uses this imagery about running a race, he doesn't just, he's not interested in participation. He's not one of these guys who just wants a medal for showing up, you know, like 
like the kid who's not very fast at sports day. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what he's bothered about at all. He is interested in winning the race. He's not just interested in taking part in the race. And is that, there's that element of receiving a prize for, for winning that is so strong in what, in what Paul's writing here to the church in Philippi to encourage them. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, this idea of how we, we get our hands on more. Paul writes to get his hands on that prize, to run that race, to get a hold of what God has in store for him. And I, I want to speak about that for us tonight, about getting our hands on more. So, you know, Paul says that he's running a race, but uh, he hasn't finished it yet. He's not, he's not at the end of his race. And it's kind of funny that he says that. We might think that that's a, an odd thing to say, but, but you have to remember that he's... He's like, he's like the godfather of, like, of the early church. He's like the Mac Daddy. He's like the guy. You know, he's the guy. So when, when the church looked to Paul, they were looking to like this amazing man. Admittedly, he used to be like a murderer. And like he, used to, he tried to destroy the church. But he just went through this 180-degree reverse turn. Wow, God's done something radical with his life. And suddenly, he's now pushing in like no one else has pushed in before and there's this amazing shift but he says look I'm not done yet I'm not finished don't look at me as the finished article I am pushing in I'm pressing on I am running the race and so he wants to encourage the church to press on with him have you ever tried to run a race or or just do some sort of exercise where you didn't know where the end or finish line was. Have you ever, have you ever done that before? Um, I, I find it some sort of, of mental torture. <laughs> I, think, I think there was a point, if you ever, I don't know, hands up if you did the beep test at school. If you've done the beep test, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't done the beep test, congratulations. You're probably in a better place for it. <laughs> I think there was maybe like a cutoff point in schools where they stopped making you wear your pants as a punishment to PE, but then they started doing the beep test as like another form of punishment in PE. And so it was all just much of a muchness. But the beep test, the idea was you had to run back and forth across the gym hall to beeps. And the beeps would start quite slow and they would get faster and they would get faster and they would get faster. And you never knew when they were going to end. And there was, there was, you just had to keep going. You didn't know. And I remember it was just, it was a nightmare. And you had to do it in PE and nobody liked it. It was all, um, it was just, it, yeah. I can imagine doing that in like North Korea. But, um. <laughs> but there was always, I remember there was like a couple of kids in my class. So I remember doing this. And there were a couple of kids in my class who, they dropped out like maybe like five seconds before the end of the race. Because they didn't know that the end was right there. And it's really hard to run when you don't have the end in sight. It's really hard to press on when you don't know what you're running towards. And that's not the case here at all. Paul isn't like that. He, he has his eyes fixed. He knows where he's going. He says, he says um, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward, I press towards the goal. It's not some vague general thing. He knows what it is he's going for. He says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. There's this, there's this real passion in what he's speaking because he knows what he's reaching for. It's like, 
if you remember like the 2012 Olympics, it feels like a long time ago now, but you remember like the, the sprint finals, like one of the most popular events in the world. And you see guys like Usain Bolt and they get to the end of this like 100 meter sprint, they're going full out. And the last couple of meters, they don't just, oh, oh that was good. I'll just, uh, I'll just stroll the rest. I'll just walk it off. They are 100% fully committed, reaching out. Like they, can, like they can just grasp it, like it's right there. And they just, they go for it with everything to get across the line and that's the kind of language that Paul's using that he is he is 100% fully committed he's reaching out it's, he can he can feel it that prize it's right there it's at his fingertips and he just what he knows he just needs to keep pressing on that he might reach and grab it it's amazing to hear his passion and to see how he encourages this church in Philippi to just run just run full on so it's um it's a pretty big deal what Paul's chasing after, what he's running full pelt after, isn't like a side attraction that he's just doing to keep himself occupied. It's not as a way of keeping in shape so that he can lose a bit of gut or anything like that. Like, this is his sole purpose. He sees it, this is very reason that, as a Christian, Paul says that this is the very reason that you've been saved. It's not, it's not the salad, it's the meat and potatoes. It's not the bit on the side. This is like the, this is like the real deal. And he says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So I'm talking tonight about getting our hands on more. And this idea, these two words, laying hold, lay hold, it's amazing. Just the power of what these two words mean in this verse. It's really, really cool. Pause for dramatic effect. So, um... One of the things which I think is really cool, if you're reading the Bible, if you're reading scripture and you notice that word doubles, if it comes up more than once, pay like double attention to it because there's a reason why it's there twice. And this, this, um, this phrase, lay hold, it comes up twice just in the space of this one verse, even in the same sentence. And that's really important. Paul says that G- <laughs> he uses it about himself and then he uses it about Jesus. So he says, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. There's this, there's, it appears twice right in that same sentence. Paul's saying that here that Jesus has laid hold of me for a purpose and I have to step up to the plate and lay hold of that purpose. I've got to reach out and grab it. That's what I'm running towards. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm fixed on. That's what I'm pressing on towards. And uh, I've, just been, I've just been really, really in, enjoying just, just thinking about what that means and thinking about just the most, just the, the full impact of what that looks like. You know, what, that, what I'm saying, that this isn't the side dish, this is like the main deal. This is what we're, this is a calling for us. As if you're a Christian here tonight, it is to lay hold your responsibility, your challenge is to lay hold of the fullness of life that God has in store for us. You know, I do not just want to just scrape myself across the finish line. You know, I don't want to just, you know, be on my hands and knees. I remember uh, Bear Grylls, when he, he says, like, when he gets to heaven, he wants to be, like, 100 miles an hour sideways, like, flying in through the gates. Like, he wants to go, he wants to go all out. If he's going, if he's going to die, he's going to die in style. And he's going to go, he's going to go sliding into heaven 100 miles an hour sideways. I really like that. You know, like, this is it. We've got to, we've got to push on. 
And so this, I want to talk more about this idea of, of laying hold and, and Jesus, how he laid hold of us. And this isn't some, this isn't some weak, feeble word. This isn't like a, a bad handshake. How bad is a bad handshake? It's terrible. You know, you know, if you just, it feels like there's like someone's just put like a, like a, a wet fish in your hand. And it's just like, it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to shake hands with that. It's horrible. This is not what I'm talking about. When I say lay hold, I'm talking about something stronger. I'm talking about something much more, much more powerful than that. There's more strength in it. And I don't know, um, I don't know about you, but I remember I, I, I've grown up in church. My, my parents were Christians, and so I, I was raised kind of going to, going to Sunday school and stuff like that. And I remember, like, I was raised in quite a traditional church, and, and some of the times you'd sing hymns, and you'd sing about this idea that, that Jesus is our, is our Redeemer, and I remember not really knowing what that meant because it's not really a word that we ever use. But I was, I was looking at it and I think it's so important that we, that we really understand the, the significance of this word in relation to this idea that Christ has laid hold of us. Now, the word redeemer, we don't use it very often today. It's not really a very common word, but it, it, it splattered throughout the... Splattered. So it's, it's, it occurs in the Bible. Splatter is an odd way of saying it. It pops up here and there through the Bible in a nice, lovely way. It's smeared through the, through the Bible. But this idea that, uh, that God is our redeemer, our, our redemption. And so I want to just, just lay out what that means. And, and if you look in the dictionary, which I did on Google yesterday to redeem no I just I wanted to make sure it's up to date because you know like words can change I never know you never know today that word might have changed it might mean something different to what it meant yesterday so you want to make sure you leave it up until the very last minute to check what these words mean but uh, I looked at it yesterday and it says unless it's changed today to redeem means it means to buy something or to buy something back it means to pay a price for something so like you redeem, uh, like a, you can redeem a voucher for goods. That's probably the only kind of context I could think about using it today. You know, if you get a, a voucher for Tesco's and it says, you know, redeem by, normally it's the day before you're looking at it. So like redeem before. <laughs> but there's another, there's another meaning. There's another meaning of this word redeem, another, another kind of way of describing it. Uh, and the dictionary describes it as to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. And that's a really, that's a really interesting thing. Jesus is talked about as our redeemer. And, and that's an easy word to say, but the full impact of what that actually means is, is, is incredibly strong. It's incredible. The whole crux of the Bible is found in, in, this, in, this, in this one truth, that we could not save ourselves. And because of that, God has set out a rescue mission a battle plan out of love to lay hold of us ascending Jesus to live the life that we couldn't live and, and pay the price that we couldn't pay and in doing that he regains possession we, we've been redeemed ransomed is another, is another like an alternative word that you could use for that so that's a really powerful word, word that we've been ransomed that a price has been paid, that our debts have been cleared, that our charges have been dropped, that we're free. And all because Jesus laid hold of us. That, that laying hold is just so important. But I want to talk tonight, you know, that is not the end of the story. That is, not, that is not it. There's more. If that was the end, then why is Paul running? 
if that was it, why does Paul continue in the race? The race is done, the race is won. Why does he keep going? If that was the case, then the title of this series would probably be slacking off <laughs> rather than pressing in. It would be a little bit more it would be a little bit more chilled out. But there's this amazing double there's this double use of the words that Paul says, I have to lay hold of that, that promise for which I have been laid hold of. And there's the, there's the flip side of the coin. There's this, there's this extra bit where the story continues. The rescue plan was successful. And now there is something even greater that we get to lay hold of the fullness of what God has in store for us. That's, that's the real kicker here. That's what Paul's talking about. And that's what is so exciting for us today, 2,000 years later in Aberdeen, just seeing God change the world. It's amazing. You know, the truth is that God has a plan and a purpose for, for us. <laughs> that will come about later. <laughs> that actually does make it a bit, yeah, sorry, it's okay. The truth is that God has a plan and purpose for us. Just as a parent doesn't carry their baby right the way till they're 18, you know, like in little swaddling bands, kind of just getting gradually more and more heavy as they kind of struggle around. Time for university, son! <laughs> there's, this, there's this expectation that the... Ch- I didn't even have a drink of that. I'm thirsty. There's this expectation and encouragement to walk and to stumble and to run and, and to grow and to, to push on. And, and so in the same way that, that God encourages us to press in, that, that the race isn't over yet. There's more that we get to grow. We get to walk. We get to toddle. And we get to understand more about who God is and, and what he has in store for us. Like a little kid, just getting to know their father more, that we actually become more and more, we grow in knowledge of him. And it's something, it's something way more, it, it's way more amazing and just so powerful than just, than just something that finished 2,000 years ago. And here's the truth. The truth is that we have been grabbed that's what I really like. There's just such a kind of, there's a, there's a real kind of, real physical word, that laying hold. We've been grabbed for a purpose. And it's our job, Paul says, it's my, Paul says about himself, it's my job to lay hold. He says, it's our job to lay hold of that promise. It's our job to reach out and grab the fullness of what that means for us. And so, I actually, I want to use a story to illustrate this point. And this is something that I, it's kind of a little bit odd, but it actually, this was just the way that I thought about it in my head. And I just wanted to, I wanted to spend a bit of time kind of going into it because it's, it's like, a, it's just a, it's just a very visible way for me to really think about what, what Jesus has done for us and laying hold of us and our responsibility then to lay hold of what he's got in store. So I want you guys to imagine that you're walking, you're walking and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're lost. It's raining. It's like, it's really raining. It's dark. You don't have a clue where you are. Your clothes are soaked. You ever been there? You ever been like caught in the rain and you're just, you're heavy? Your clothes are soaked from mud and rain and you're cold. Your teeth are chattering. You're wandering around because you don't know where you are. You don't know where you're going. So you just blindly wander. You can't feel your feet. You can't feel your fingers. But you can feel your arms as you're pushing through branches and you're getting cuts and stuff from bushes. And you don't have a clue where you are. 
you're lost. But then you see a house off in the distance, up on a hill, and you can see it because the lights are on, and you can smell it. You know, you get that smell of wood smoke if you're out and about, and you get that, you just catch that smell that someone's burning, someone's got a fire on, and you can catch that smell of wood smoke. You smell it. You don't, have, you don't have to stop and think about it. You don't have to think about, should I go here, should I not? There's no other option. You're going. You know immediately. So you start towards the house. You're so cold. You can barely walk. The rain's relentless. You get close to the house, but you just feel your strength sapping. You feel it kind of draining away. And you just don't, you don't, you can't, you just can't keep going. And, and just as you get up to the door, you just fall down. You just can't get in any further. You just, you just, you don't have the strength to do it yourself. And you just, you collapse. And just as you, as you fall down, you hear the front door open. And you, you see that warm light stream out. And you feel a hand on your shoulder just grab you. And just lift you up and just take you inside. And the door closes. The rain stops. You're suddenly out of darkness. You're in the light. Warmth replaces the cold, and suddenly you're safe. You know this is what this is what I think of when I read about when I read that verse that that Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Where you and I were once out in the cold, we were once strangers to God. Jesus made a way for us to come and have relationship, to be in the house of God, to be in in alignment, in relationship with God again. But there's more to it than that. It's not just about getting in the door. I think sometimes it's, we forget or sometimes we believe wrong stuff. We don't realize that once you're in the door of the house, there's more of that house to explore. You know, you make it to the porch, but you're still soaking wet. You're still covered in mud. You're still cold. You're still hungry. You're still shivering. You're inside. That's great. You've got shelter. You've got cover. You've got protection, but there's more. When you were brought in out of the rain, God's purpose for your life wasn't just that you would just be out of the rain. That would be like the mother carrying her 18-year-old child around because she's never taught him to walk. That's not the end of the story. There's more of the house. And so I was just thinking about this, and, and, and I was really just thinking about what it means to come into laying hold of what God has in store for us. And I thought about it like rooms of a house. Just like we want to, I want to carry this analogy on. So you're in, you're in the porch, you're cold, you're wet. And so you, you, take, you push on into the house. You want to see what's inside. And so you step into the corridor and you, you find a door. And uh, you open that door. And inside you find a nice, big, clean bathroom. You know, you get this smell of soap and that hot steam is the first thing that hits you. And you know okay, that's great. You're in, the, you're in a place where you can get clean. So this is the first thing to lay hold of. It's all about being made clean. The Bible describes Jesus as washing us. What he did when he, when he redeemed us, when he paid that price, it wasn't just to get us into the house, but there's more in store that we have to lay hold of, that we have an actual responsibility to reach out and grab. We're told that, you know, by... His stripes, we are made clean. In, in Isaiah, it says about, you know, that for what Jesus suffered, we were able to be made clean without mark, without stain, without blemish, as pure as white snows, how it's described. That's, it's amazing. And so often, 
You know, so often we don't realize this and we walk carrying dirt and carrying grime and, and carrying hurts from the past that, that we just, you know, we think, ah, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, it just, it's, just, it's just in there. It's just in there and you can't get rid of it. But we have to lay hold. There's more there. And um, Jesus laid hold of us that we might be clean and we might lay hold of that. So you're in the bathroom, you get clean. And once you get cleaned up, it's time for some new clothes. So uh, you open another door and you keep, you keep wandering through this house and you find a bed with, with fresh clothes laid out for you. You put them on and immediately you feel warmer, you feel covered, you feel like you're a new person again, you know? I think this represents, this room represents your new identity, your new, your new calling in God. There's this amazing, amazing verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, in, in Isaiah uh, chapter 43. Um, I think it's verse 2. I think it's verse 2. It says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. Or another version says, I've redeemed you. It's that, that's that similar word there. I've called you by name, and you're mine. There's an identity shift that happens when we step into the calling that God has for our life. You know, as Christians, sometimes, you know, we can, we can be washed and we can be cleansed by God. We can, we can get that dirt just scrubbed off and then still put on those filthy clothes that we had on the day before and, and still go back to the, the muddy, wet clothes that, that aren't our identity anymore. Sometimes it feels like those clothes are part of us. Sometimes it feels like that's, that's who we are. And so we go back to them. But that's not true. That's not what God says. That's not what the Bible teaches. We've been given a new identity. We've been, we've been washed clean. We have to lay hold of that new identity. How good does it feel when you take off dirty clothes and you just have a shower or whatever and you just pull on like a freshly washed it's like hot out of the tumble dryer new t-shirt that there is no better feeling in the world just fresh out of the tumble dryer i mean i mean like 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 too hot to hold i mean like properly fresh i mean like you can feel it burn but it's worth it because it's just like it's so it's so clean and you walk differently do you know what i mean like you walk you're like oh yes you actually not no not like ow Margaret you actually, you actually I don't I don't mean it's that hot you're like kind of like scorching around no but you actually feel different and that's this identity that God has that, that, that we've been called to take hold of lay a hold Paul says I want to put up this uh, verse it's Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10 and it's uh, Isaiah 61 is a phenomenal chapter. I love Isaiah. I, I absolutely love the book of Isaiah because it's so powerful. It speaks so much of what Jesus was coming to do hundreds of years before he set foot on the world. But there's this amazing, amazing verse in verse 10. You know, it's up. Yeah, I am, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation. He has draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. I love that idea of clothing. I remember when I was, when I was quite, when I was like a young teenager and I realized that, that God has made it that easy 
for us to step out of hurt and step out of the pain. It's not something which is part of you. It's as simple as taking off a a filthy rag and putting on this new clothing. But it's our responsibility to lay hold of that and put it on. Addiction doesn't cling to you like wet clothes anymore. Hurts and offenses aren't part of your identity. You take them off as easily as you take off piece of clothing and and you put on what God has for you so you leave the bedroom and you make your way to the next room you try another handle you push a door and you're in a dining room and not just any dining room I mean like a proper dining room you push the there's the table there's this dining room table it's just full like brimming full of all sorts of food so much you don't know where to start you know it's just like you don't know where to start at that end you don't know where to start at that end just, just just, so much good food and you're so hungry because you've been out in the cold you've been wandering around lost for hours and the dining room is all about the nourishment that comes with God's word I love, I love this um, the verse in, in Psalms, Psalms 34 verse 8 David writes you know, taste and see that God is good eat taste it, get it in your belly Get it deep down in you and feel it nourish your body, you know. You can be washed. You can even have got your new clothes on. If you're not eating food, you're not going to last long. You're going to starve. You're going to end up wasting away. We have to feed ourselves. That's our responsibility to lay hold. You know, we don't expect babies to, to live on milk for very long. There's that move to proper food. And I'm sure every one of us in this room at some point or another will have heard you know, you, if you want to grow up big and strong, you've got to eat your greens. <laughs> eat your carrots so you see in the dark. <laughs> carrots, I, I don't know why. they. Yeah, I guess they help you see in the dark. I think every child expects to suddenly have, like, night vision because <laughs> they've eaten, like, two carrots off their plate. <laughs> Parents are such liars. <laughs> you need to eat your crusts because it will, depending on your gender, it will give you a hairy chest or it will give you a curly hair I I honestly don't know how the bread is smart enough to know who's eating it (laughs) but you've got to eat you've got to eat don't just sit around hoping that someone will chew your food for you and and kind of help you swallow it you've got to lay hold of the nutritious word of God you know you've got to make sure that you're grabbing your five a day you've got to make sure that you're, you're reaching out don't just wait for someone to just serve it up for you, blended with a straw. Lay hold, Paul says. Lay hold of the fullness of the promise. I hope you get what I'm saying here. It's not about just getting in the door. It's about stepping into the fullness of what it means to be in the house. So once you're full, there's still more rooms to go exploring. You go through some double doors and, and you find yourself in the living room with comfy sofas and a big fire, you know, that kind of rug that you just want to scrunch your, your toes into. You kind of settle down in the sofa, you settle down and you just feel yourself kind of sink back into it. You're not sure if you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go. Oh, no, it's okay. Didn't swallow you completely. I love, love, I love this idea. This, this room is all about knowledge and intimacy with God. You know, when Jesus laid hold of you, there was something so powerful set, set off there that we were able to, to, to walk intimately with God in a way that, that we hadn't been able to do before. 
and the, the living room is that intimacy. It's that place of closeness. It's where you, you just settle down and you relax and you chat. You talk about the good times. There's pictures on the mantelpiece and there's, there's, uh, there's paintings on the wall. You know, Christ laid hold of you so you can know God in an intimate way. And Paul's writing to encourage the church because he wants them to know that there's so much more. They look at him as being right, just the, the pinnacle, the peak. But he's saying, no, come on, I'm pressing in. There's so much more I can see. I, I, I'm laying hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me. And we've got to press in on that as well. Just as that Philippian church had. You know what happens when you push in? You know what happens when you lay hold of the amazing gifts that God has? It starts to change you. It starts to stretch you on the inside. It makes you go further run faster, do more, believe bigger, reach out for further. You know, it's the difference between sitting back when you've had one of those weeks. You know, one of those weeks. One of those weeks. It's the difference between sitting back when you had one of those weeks and actually stepping up and saying, you know what, no, I'm pushing in. I can see what it is I'm going for. I can see what it is I'm reaching after. I press on that I might lay hold I might step up to my responsibility and, and press on in. What I, I, I love that it, we do not want to live with anything less than the best. It's biblical. It's what Jesus got you for. It's what he grabbed you for, for the best. It says in John 10.10 10, that I've come that you might have life, not just any life, not just a, not just a a, re- a measly life where you just scrape your way into heaven. He says, I've come that you might have life and life in fullness, life to the max, life of abundance, depending on which translation you read from there. That's amazing. I want to turn quickly to Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And there's this amazing account. I just want to, I just want to hover on it briefly. It's this amazing account of the leaders of the Jewish council not knowing what to do about Peter and John, this is after Jesus has died. This is after they thought that they'd shut him up. They thought that they dealt with this stuff. And Peter and John start speaking out. And they really, they know what they're talking about. And there's this verse in, in chapter 413, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Where they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So what, what was special about Peter and John? It wasn't the, like the Jewish university that they'd been to. They were just fishermen. They, they'd barely, I think they'd barely done any schooling in their life. But the council saw that these men had laid hold of that knowledge. They'd laid hold of what God had in store. They'd spent time with Jesus and they were recognizably changed from that. There, there was something more to them than just being just in the door. You know, they were in the house and they knew what it meant to walk with Jesus. You know, as a church, in everything I, we do, I know that Kevin and Cheryl want us to press in want us to reach out, want us to lay hold. Personally, individually, you for yourself, for your own life, that you would know that God's plan and God's purpose is real and evident and amazing. But communally, as a group, as, as a church wanting to make a difference in the city, that we would lay hold of that, 
which God has called us to. You know, we don't be someone that just settles for getting in out of the rain. Don't be that guy. There's a prize there before you. There's a purpose that you've been called for. And Jesus is asking us to, to grab it. It's your responsibility. Just get up and grab it. Step up. Step up. Step up and grab it. If you just stand in the, po- in the porch just soaking wet, you're missing out on the fullness of what God has in store for you. I just want to finish up. I just, I was really just thinking about how incredible this plan is, how incredible this purpose is. You know, one of the most famous, in fact, the most famous verse in the whole Bible, you'll see it at American football games, if you watch American football games, or other places, if you do other things. But it's John, John 3.16, which I'm sure, even if, you've, even if you've never been to church before, you'll have heard some version of this, where it says, you know, because God loved the world so much, so much, that he gave his son Jesus, that whoever believed would, would not die, wouldn't, wouldn't perish, but would get everlasting life. And you know what? You know what I love? Looking at this verse that we've been looking at tonight, that's just the beginning of what God has in store for you. That's just the beginning of the plan. You know, that just gets you in. That gets you in out of the rain. But oh my goodness... If you're, if you're a Christian here tonight, if you, if you know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, if you know that you're in out of the cold, then lift your eyes. You know, start to dream. Start to get a little bigger on the inside. Start to step up and lay hold of that for which Jesus has laid hold of you. Put on that new clothing. Put on that new identity. It's there for you. You don't have to do anything for it. It's there. Just lay hold. Get yourself cleaned up because it's there for you. Just lay hold. You know, what does this city look like when we start laying hold of what God has in store for our life? You know, tonight, maybe you're sitting here and, and you're, we're inside, we're in the warmth of this building, the warmth of the people around you, but you know you know that in your heart you're still out in the cold and you haven't walked into that safety, you haven't walked into that warmth, that protection of Father God. You're still out in the cold and the rain and, and, and God just wants you to be back with him because that's where you're always meant to be. This isn't, this isn't just a, a select few. It says God loved the world, the world. Not just God loves some people in the world. God loved the world. And so, you know, if that is you tonight, I want you to know that God loves you infinitely more than you could even grasp. He cares for you in a way that that you wouldn't even begin to understand. And he has a plan for your life more amazing than, than any of your wildest dreams that you've ever dared in the quiet of the night to reach out and dream about. He's got a bigger plan than that for you to lay hold of. You know, that plan, it succeeded 2,000 years ago when Jesus died. In doing so, he laid hold of us. He grabbed us by the scruff of our neck and, and, and dragged us in. 
and I'm, I'm asking you tonight if, if you would stand and you would just lay hold lay hold of what, what Christ Jesus has laid hold of you so I'm, I want us to pray tonight like we do every week that if, the, if this is something that you want to reach out if you want to get hold of that then I want you to raise your hand I want you to just admit you know what I'm in the cold and I want to be brought into the warmth so if we all just close our eyes this isn't about exposing anyone this is about providing a space for you and God just to get yourself right you know, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. If that's you tonight, I'd love you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. We've got some books for you. We've got some stuff. Thank you. Yeah, is there anyone else? Do you anyone else who wants to just come in out of the cold and just get started in the amazing plan and purpose that God has for your life? For more information about the church, visit us online at www dotthejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.